The Matt Wyatt Show podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. Buying or selling, make sure you go there first. Online at mslandbank.com. That's Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. Bubba, back. Hour number two of the show, off and running with you here in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Say it with me. Go. Check them go. out. At fav- boy. Atta boy. Check them out at favorites.com. Staying connected to you because of C Spire. I got all excited yesterday. Sure did, because I got this in the mail. C Spire Fiber, and it's a packet that was in my mailbox. It says, we are building your fiber hood C Spire fiber to the home internet, ready to bring real home internet speed. Slow internet has its place probably, <laughs> just not in your neighborhood. C Spire fiber is here to help you make the jump to next level speeds and reliability. Here it is. Here it is. It'll be here before you know it. Like that monkey who sat his tail on a railroad track. It won't be long now. I love that. <laughs> Hey, you hey know, man, you talking about the the uniform changes? Yeah. I did some research while we were at break. Uh, also chatted with one of our listeners who says hello. Um, people are starting to wear the number zero. Yeah, that's right. That's one of the rules. I was actually on a conference call this morning, JB, with yeah. the new coordinator of officials in the SEC, uh-huh. uh, McDade. Right. He's taken over for Steve Shaw, who moved up to the national level. McDade, who is the former now on-field official, uh, crew chief, white hat, who looked just like Jay Perry, our sideline analyst. I'm talking about they could be <laughs> twins. But on a conference call with the other broadcasters around the league uh, with McDade, and and he mentioned that. Um and he brought up the point that he was actually watching a game and w- this past weekend, and one of the broadcasters pointed out that a play happened, and it was actually the first time in the history of college football that a player wearing number zero scored a touchdown. Yeah. That's funny. How about that, well, huh? W- one of the things I, I read across a number of teams in the ACC uh, are, are doing it, but Jeff Collins, a former state guy, yeah. uh, Temple guy, you know, he uh, – Head coach at Georgia Tech, he gave a walk-on player who earned a scholarship the number zero. Very now, cool. is there not a little bit of irony in that? <laughs> yeah. He hopes he goes you know, from zero to hero. Yeah, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. It just seems like, you know, maybe give him number one. Yeah. But here, you've worked really hard. We're giving you a scholarship. Zero. Here's your jersey number. How about that? You're a zero. Um, I don't know if – let me check the Ole Miss roster real quick. I'll just – I'll punch it in. I know on Mississippi State's roster, uh, receiver Javante Payton is uh, the only guy on the team. He he wanted – as soon as he found out he could get zero, he wanted it. And in that – isn't it sort of an indication of a guy's personality also? Oh, yeah. Yeah, who, who's the most famous zero you've ever known? <laughs> I, I don't know one. That's a great question. Mine would be Orlando Woolridge. Yeah. He always wore number zero. What but then there did... was uh, Jim Otto back in the day. Wore okay. double zero in football, right? Uh, yeah. What number did uh, Reggie Roby wear for the, the punter for the 
Dolphins all those years that wore the watch? Four, I think. Okay, he was four. I think. I was thinking single digit. I couldn't remember. He was zero. Yeah, he wore a watch in the game. What? What's he thinking? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe superstitious. I mean, you, you know? ever play sports when you're growing up with a kid and, and it's like Sandlot or on the playground or whatever and Cat shows up wearing a watch? You go, yeah, we're <laughs> yeah, going to school this dude. And I'm picking him. Right. <laughs> uh, old Mrs. Roster, Lakia Henry, linebacker, senior linebacker from Vidalia, Georgia, Dodge City Community College, senior linebacker, Lakia Henry for Ole Miss is going to wear number zero. So they have one and uh, State has one It's going to be a receiver. That's right. That's one of the rules. Robert Parrish for the thanks, Ready Teddy, on the country pleasing text line. Robert Parrish, great player on those Larry Bird teams. Yeah, uh, for the Celtics, Celtics fan, so I couldn't remember that one. Double zero. That's right. Double zero. Okay, so there you have that. Let me get to the. You remember a little bit ago we were talking about when Annabeth called in. She talked about how fast the interview went by, <laughs> and I said it goes by quick. If you've ever called a radio show, you know what I'm talking about. It's like you know, you've been talking for five minutes, but they think it's been way too long and it cut you off. You know, it goes by quick. If you've ever been a guest on a show, how about this comment from Jason in Flagstaff on the country pleasing text line? He said, it goes by really fast when Beaver is rushing you. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. <clears throat> Does Beaver do that? Does he come into your ear while you're on the phone, Jason, and tell you, Hey, hurry up, wrap it up, buddy. Okay. We're doing a show here. Wrap it up. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Fletcher says, Matt, <clears throat> you're making me want that sausage. I live in Utah. Got to ho- come home and get some. Get them to FedEx it to you. They'll do it. FedEx it to you. Be frozen when it gets there. Or cold. I don't know if it comes frozen or cold. I know it'll be good. But uh, I sure hope you get a chance, Fletcher, to come back and get some of that country-pleasing sausage from Country Meat Packers right there. Made right there fresh every day at Country Meat Packers. On Highway 49 in Florence, you go through there, you can stop in, go into the butcher shop, and they have everything and then some that you could possibly want. Nick wants to know how K.J. Costello is going to be this year at Mississippi State. Well, Nick, we kind of have to find out, but I think he's going to be really good uh, as long as he stays healthy. The kid's just, like, naturally accurate. He's one of those guys who he does have great velocity on the ball when he needs it, but on every throw, he throws a really catchable ball, tight spirals and really catchable. You know, you don't see K.J. have times where he fires it in there and it catches a receiver by surprise and boink, hits him on the head and it pops up in the air because he fastballed him from six yards away. He just, you know, it's like he's really in tune with what they need in order to be able to catch the ball. And that's, you know, that was kind of a Dak Prescott quality. Dak had a kind of a sixth sense for how he needed to throw the ball to make it the most catchable four receivers at times. He learned that as he got older. KJ has that um, in his repertoire also. Squess said, tell Chicken Hawk we're cutting corn and sending it to Philadelphia if he wants to come get a load or two. Chicken Hawk, you hear that? Corn, come on out. <clears throat> Joe Pesci, we were talking about the uniform change and, and Turboville change, the powder blue helmets, said, you know why, Matt, come on, but I'm not familiar. I don't Maybe I don't know. I just know he changed them. It stayed that way for 20 years. Um, Ed, thanks for the release there. We talked about that. Powder blue jerseys, they're going to wear them this year at Ole Miss. New, first time ever. Man, you talk about revenue. I mean, how many people that already own an Ole Miss jersey in red or white maybe 
are going to absolutely buy a powder blue jersey. They know what they're doing on, on, in, in that regard. Tony wants to know what my favorite Mississippi State uniform combination is. I kind of like them all. I mean, I, number one for me would just be the classic home uniform. White pants, maroon jerseys, maroon helmet. Number two, I really like the white helmets for State. I like them, especially when they wear them at home with the maroon jerseys. I like those. And uh, I like the gray pants on the road. Nobody cares what I think. They just care what the recruits think. <laughs> Which is about I like the those maroon helmets with that silver face mask. Yeah. You know, not the not the maroon yeah. with the white like you wore. Yeah. With that silver kind Man, of sets it off with those gray pants. I'm in college for five years at State. We never had a variation of anything. All five years, the same thing. Yeah, but you had arguably the best football logo ever. Yeah. The MSU interlocking yep. Nike logo. Yeah, that was a great logo. I got it on my helmet I wore. It's sitting right up here. If I could reach it, I'd show the people in the stream. You had that three-bar face mask, didn't you? Uh, Instead of the quarterback two-bar? like a No, I had the two-bar. Did you? Yeah. You know, early on, they gave me the three-bar. I didn't like it. I just feel, I don't know. I'm a bit claustrophobic. And so I always needed face masks that were as open, at least in terms of the way it looked in front of my eyes. I needed it to look as open as I could or else I'd get a little claustrophobic, you know. So they gave you one like uh, Marino used to wear, and then you went with one like yeah. Jim Kelly had. Yeah. I needed it yeah. smaller and open. feel like I could go and get plenty of air. See, claustrophobic people, we kind of get a little crazy in the head. Especially sometimes. when you got big D linemen laying on top of you. Exactly. There's no way I would put that <laughs> visor, that shield in front of my face the way Andy Reid does and stuff. I would absolutely freak out if you put that in front of my face. I'd, f- I'd flip out. Couldn't do it. Sorry. The mask is bad enough, you know, over your mouth. But in front of my whole face, nope. <laughs> I ain't doing it. I'll just stay home if that's what we got to do. Put your arms out. Raise them like this. Slam your hands together. Next thing you know, you're doing the gator chomp. I think it's a, appropriate. <laughs> Go! Gator Greg back on the phone with us two days in a row. Lucky for us. Hey, Greg, what's up, man? Hey, uh, and Mr. White, I know that the SEC didn't get the Gators uh, any favors with that. You know, with their schedule. Uh, you open up on, in Oxford and A and M, and and the next week uh, on the road, and then still have to play LSU. Uh, nobody gets any favors. But Mr. White, I'm fascinated. When you guys have your first game against Arkansas, we're going to see you and uh, and our good friend uh, Neil Price. With the plexiglass, like we saw Romo and Nance on their Sunday, are y'all? Tell me a little bit. I'm fascinated with you broadcasting in this age of COVID. Yeah. What, what can you tell us uh, if anything is going to be a little different if we're listening to you on the radio? Okay, Greg. Um, first up, road game. Just a couple of things that are different. Now, I know you're asking about the booth. I'll get to that. But just so you know, like this first game next week for us at LSU road game. Well. You know this, normally as a broadcast crew, we're a part of the team party. We we go, we check in with the team at the team facility, we get on the bus with the team, we get on the airplane with the team, we fly down there, we stay in the team hotel, travel to the game with the team and all that, home and everything. Well, not this year. This year, 
We must travel separately from the team. We must stay in a separate hotel from the team. They are keeping them as isolated from the rest of the world as they possibly can, even in the hotel. Uh, they'll be the only ones in that entire hotel they stay at when they go on the road. So that's totally different this year, road stuff. Now, as far as the booth, Greg, I really don't know, honestly, if plexiglass has been installed. I have heard that they were going to. I had heard they were going to do that. The problem was going to be there are certain booths that are smaller than others, like the one at LSU and the one at Mississippi State, real teeny tiny tight broadcast booths. And I don't know that they have room to install that in there. We so even though we're you know ten days or less than ten days away from the first game, those are questions that we just don't even have the answers to right now. I don't I don't even know. That that's some fascinating stuff, Mister Wyatt. You have to get with me. Maybe we'll hook you up because you know uh, we we've been down there at LSU a couple of years ago when uh, we saw a game down there. That I know that you called, and I was up in that press box. You called when Dak was down there. Right. We may have to hook you and Neil up with some of those hotel points on the road this year because <laughs> we're going to take in our friends. But Mister Wyatt, I have to say it to JB. I have to say it to him. When I go back and I watch the classic games and that SEC championship game with Tennessee. I watched it. They had it on over the weekend. J.B., and we love our buddy Morgan, Mr. Wyatt's brother-in-law. But, J.B., if Matt Wyatt was in there and had that play to Prentice, Matt Wyatt would have made that throw and would be an SEC legend. And Mississippi State would have beat and knocked off Tennessee that year who went on to win what, the national championship against what FSU. Mm. I guarantee it. He, he is fundamentally – Patrick Mahomes and Matt White are the only ones that will make that throw. You guys have a break. You got that. You got that Gator Greg. You're right on time, man. I tell you what, he's laying it on thick, isn't he? Look, be a SEC hero. Hero. Well, I say I will say not this. a zero like we were talking about a minute ago. I will say this: it was worth several million dollars to the league and to um, several other individuals for Tennessee to make sure they won that game to go on and win a national championship. Because if we if we knocked them off in '98, then there's no SEC representative. In the the brand new BCS championship game, just just remember that, okay. And when you go back and watch that replay, just remember that. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. So hey, you saying there was a conspiracy? No, I I take it all back. I don't know because I've thought that for, for di- almost twenty one years. I digress. I had a football coach tell me about a year after that, Matt. Listen, if you think for one second that it wasn't important to a lot of people to make sure that there was an SEC team in that first BCS National Championship, then you got another thing coming. <laughs> you got uh, another thing coming. Uh, speaking of Florida, I, again, this is one betting service. I'll just throw it out there for you. I have made the pick. I said it on this show. I've said it in interviews. Alabama will win the West this year, go undefeated, and regardless of how many games they play. Uh, Florida will come out of it your East champion unless there's just some type of percentage like Georgia – Misses two games and Florida doesn't. Therefore, Georgia has a better percentage. But otherwise, Florida will be the better team. So it's going to be Alabama and Florida this year. And uh, I'm looking here. Bet Online says at odds to win the SEC this year. Alabama the best at four to five, but then Florida and Georgia at the same odds at seven to two. Followed by LSU five to one, Auburn and A and M twelve to one. Kentucky at 40 to 1, Tennessee 66 to 1, Mississippi State 100 to 1, 
Ole Miss 125 to 1, Missouri and South Carolina at 150 to 1, Arkansas 250 to 1, and Vandy at 300 to 1. Uh, odds. Yeah. That's what there's that's not that's not my odds, that's theirs. That's uh bet online. JB, I yes, must sir. I must tell you something real quick. I know this is stepping away from the sports topic sort of. That's okay, man. We we kind of evolved that way. One of the greatest sitcoms of all time. Right. Um I I believe wholeheartedly that it is maybe the most underrated sitcom of all time if you just start now my interest is peaked okay i got your attention right yep okay not that you didn't but now i'm i'm a little more intrigued underrated in the fact that you ask people about sitcoms they never mention this one but then you ask them about it specifically everybody's like oh yeah i love that and oh by the way it's still in syndication regarding its reruns and everything right on you give me some hints well no i'm just gonna tell you you're just going to straight up tell me. I'm just going to straight up. I want to just throw it at you like a brick, like a pile of bricks. I'm going to just dump it all over you. The theme song and everything. Uh-oh. This show first aired on ABC on this day, September 17th, 1991. <laughs> yeah. You know, Home Improvement. It was like the sitcom version of what sports radio has tried to do all these years, and that is get a bunch of guys together and just do this every day. Every day. I mean, it's all about tools. It's all about fixing up classic cars. But it's reality because he's a dad, he's a husband, he's got to deal with all that stuff too. Tim you know, I, I halfway thought you were going to talk about uh, Alf, oh, but yeah. Tim the Tool Man, yeah, great show, great, great show. show. Home improvement, Tim the Tool Man Taylor. I love it. He would always get advice from his neighbor Wilson, who they never showed yeah. his face, you know. And then he'd try to repeat it to his family, and he'd never get it right. A great philosopher said once, "If your feet are short and you don't raise your prices, you're destined for yard sales." <laughs> See, you don't even you don't even have to hear what it was that he screwed up to to know that that is funny. Yeah. You know, and they at the beginning of that show when it first started airing in 91, you know how when they would they did a TV show on the TV show, his show Tool Time, right? <laughs> and they'd be in the studio in a live studio audience and the the woman who was kind of like the the pretty girl that would get everybody's attention and introduce them was actually Pam Anderson and then they changed it up later on. <laughs> Hi, Tim the Tool Man Taylor. And you all know my assistant Al, this land is Boreland. Yeah. I, I wasn't a big fan of Al. No, it wasn't the best character, but it fit. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. No, his he was great as his character, but he just, he, he was just, he was that guy yeah. that always had to be right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this is one of my favorite scenes. He's walked into the living room, his family's in there, and he has a piece of a table glued to his head. What is this thing on your head? It's a little piece of table. What happened? Oh, Mr. Negativity Al distracted me, and I got my head cemented to this table. I had to take a, 
a saber saw to get me off of that table. Don't yeah. you think you should go to the emergency room? I was just there. They said I wasn't a priority. <laughs> Why? Was there a guy with a whole table stuck to his head? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what Wilson's last good. name was, don't you? Wilson? Yeah. It was Wilson Wilson. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's just like... That's just like Tim Allen, who... Uh, you know, became famous on this show. I guess he, he got the show because he was a famous stand-up comedian. And then he gets this show. And he absolutely, they nailed it with their target audience. But, but you know, what they were trying to target and, and portray. And this is middle America. He was a big Detroit fan. You know, he was a Lions fan. He's fixing up classic cars. He's just crazy about tools. You know, every every dad's dream to have your own television show about fixing stuff and tools and have a tool sponsor, Benford Tool Company. And, you know, of course, it's a hilarious show. And I love the reruns. I mean, that's we don't have DVR battles very often in our house. But when we do have a DVR battle, it's over the remaining space on, on our DVR. Exactly. And, exactly. and I want to keep recording the reruns of Home Improvement and Annabeth has something on the Hallmark Channel that she wants to record. Yeah, That's I bet it. she'll tweak you there, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can go ahead and guess how that works. Okay, honey, go ahead. I'm going outside. Yeah. I'm going to go fix something in the garage <laughs> with some tools. <laughs> That's it. Love that show. All right, so I'm going to get to uh, more of your texts when we come back. Uh, your comments. Sven is joining us live on the YouTube. He's a listener in germany on the youtube live stream and so i'm going to replay the german call of the saints and bucks game with the brady slip up it's great if you missed that in hour one we're going to maybe he can send you the translation i'd love to know what some of it is that'd be great plus that drone that landed at wrigley field i'll tell you what's up stick around JB's got snacks in the studio, y'all. He posted it on Twitter. Y'all follow him. He's Dr. Brojo. Looks like it's a bag of mini Starburst and a pink Powerade. What is that? Water? That's not pink. Is it watermelon? It's strawberry lemonade. Oh, strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. Yeah, these are the fave reds. Starburst, mini Starburst. Okay. Watermelon, cherry, strawberry, and fruit punch. <laughs> that is like sweet on top of more sweet on top of a little more sweet. Dude, I'm telling you, it it is my go-to. I love candy. I probably need all my teeth pulled, probably, (laughs) until that day. Until that day. What do you do when they start pulling enough teeth? Do you have to get fake teeth? You know, I have a fake tooth in the front that got knocked out in the junior college basketball game. Oh, is that what that is? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. That's exactly what it is. But, um, yeah, so... I mean, a buddy of mine in Tupelo, Perry Adonis, right there, did it for me. And, uh, yeah, I think I'd love to have just a full mouth of these fake teeth. Mm-hmm. Because I'll tell you what, I got hit in the face with a baseball about a year after I had that tooth put in. And the two teeth next to it moved. Mm-hmm. That one didn't go anywhere. How about that? Yeah. So yeah. Like if you're a boxer or a kickboxer, that's what you need. You need fake yeah. teeth. Yeah. Just give it some time. You have them, you know, hockey. Of course, you know, the hockey guys, it's sort of a, 
a cool thing to be missing some front teeth. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, sort it of a, like having a, a cool scar, you know, so I'll tell you a funny thing since you're speaking of hockey stuff, when I was having that pro- procedure done, I, I had to go for about a month with uh, a fake tooth. that was in like a mouthpiece. And so I could take that out and mm. I look, I look like, uh, I look like, Oh, your your average uh, Ernest T. Bass guy missing a couple of front teeth, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But one time in a sermon, I was making a point and uh, talking about how God looks at the inside of the heart, not the outside of a man. Yeah. And I pulled that mouthpiece out and just smiled for the whole congregation. <laughs> oh, that's great. That <laughs> is wife, great. My wife didn't think that was very funny. <laughs> you look like an idiot. <laughs> I think it would have been cool. I yeah. wish I could do that. I guess I hang on to the teeth I have as long as I can. But if I could get it, some fake ones and just pull them out, I'd be all for it. I think it'd be yeah. neat. No, um, no, they, these, this is like permanent, man. Uh-huh. I mean, they, they put they put like screws in there and attach uh-huh. them to you. It's there. But I did see a man in a revival that I was doing a youth ministry thing for about 25 years ago. Uh, a guy got to preaching in the middle of a sermon and his false te- teeth, the, the top of them flew out. Oh, no. <laughs> Just flew right out of there. And huh? he caught them right out in front of his face. Oh, man. And put them back in and didn't miss a beat, man. And I had to get up and go to the bathroom because I thought I was going to wet my pants. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. It's like, you know, you had to think that probably happened to him before. That ain't the first time he caught those teeth <laughs> no, in midair. I mean, it, was, <laughs> it was the quickest reaction I'd ever seen. That's great. That's great. Uh, real quick, I want to read y'all something. And then I'm coming to your texts uh, here on the show. A lot to get in in a short amount of time. Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs.com. You know, they hosted the NFL opener one week ago today. You mentioned this yesterday, JB. Yeah. As the City of Kansas City Health Department has reported, a guest who attended Thursday night's game at Arrowhead Stadium is presented positive for COVID-19. We've worked in close cooperation with Dr. Rex Archer and Kansas City Health Department to provide all the relevant information available, the Chiefs had a fan at the game who since has tested positive for COVID-19. Here's what they say. Listen to this. Now, this is I'm, I'm going to have to read it, but I think it's worth your time to hear it. As a sports fan, the contact tracing mechanisms that the club has in place, including parking and ticket scanning data, as well as video record review, or video, I guess it's record review. It should just say video you know, evidence indicate that the individual who has presented positive and the individual's party entered the stadium in compliance with mask mandates. This process allowed the team to identify the other guests sitting with this individual, the service staff with whom this individual may have come in contact with, as well as any other ticket holders near this person at the time of entry into the stadium. Within hours of being notified, the Chiefs were able to pinpoint the names of the other members of the party as well as detailed information about the path and location of the entry. And this information was provided to the health department. The tracing capabilities at the stadium allow the extension of communication to learn more about the guest's activity the days leading up to and after the game on Thursday. Now, there's more there. But basically what they are saying at uh, Chiefs.com, working with Kansas City Health Department, they got one fan who has showing up positive since attending Thursday night's game one week ago today. Video stuff, ticket information, everything else, they can look and see. They all had their masks on. They did what they were supposed to coming in. They know who he was sitting with, he or she. The event staff, so we're talking custodians or, you know, 
uh, ushers or whatever that he or she may have come in contact with. And they're saying that their protocols may work to isolate this case, figure out did it happen before you came in or not, and then proceed with having fans at their games. We'll see. Um, so well, and, and I don't know if you saw on ESPN.com, I was perusing that this morning, but uh, the Chiefs and the uh, Texans players, uh, there have been no positive test of them since last week. Yeah, which is you know, probably the biggest part of this, right? I think I yeah. saw NFL-wide, across the entire NFL, they had two positive tests uh, coming out of last weekend. I posted... Uh, sarcastically, that if one of those COVID tests was the Titans kicker, then I'm suspicious. Jackson Mailman said the gold <laughs> helmets for the Egg Bowl were awesome. Yeah, you know, I didn't mind those. And they sold the you-know-what out of them, too, uh, Mailman. When that game was over, those gold helmets, whoosh, sold them, made a whole stack of cash, selling all those game-worn helmets as memorabilia to people. They sure did. Okay, uh, Sven Watching on the YouTube live stream. He's in Germany. This is what I said earlier, Sven. I did not know that you have German a German broadcast going on of these NFL games. I, for whatever reason, I knew you had uh, uh, in a, every NFL game being broadcast in Espanol, but I didn't know they were doing it in other languages also. Well, they're doing it in uh, German. This is a call from the third quarter of the Saints-Buccaneers game on Saturday in New Orleans. Saints are up 24-7 after they'd gotten a pick six of Tom Brady, third quarter. He then gets the ball back, takes them right down the field. It's first and goal at the Saints' nine-yard line, and they're going to score. I'm giving that away. They're going to score. And when they scored, Tom Brady runs to the end zone. They're celebrating, and cameras and microphones captured on live television. Tom Brady saying a very bad word. Very loudly. The German announcers had a great reaction to it. Yard line, the New Orleans Saints. Tampa am Drücker, angetäuschte Ballübergabe. Brady geht in die Endzone, hat da weit offen. O.J. Howard, sein tight end. Touchdown, Tampa. What? Was hat Tom Brady da gerade gesagt? Das darf man doch gar nicht sagen im Fernsehen. Irgendwas mit Mutterbeischläfern hat wow. er Wow! Und genau das dann eigentlich die Gründe, warum 70 Dezibel <lacht> gefordert sind. Aber, Aber du das hast es gerade gesagt, Björn. Guck dir das an, direkt geantwortet. Die hat auch keine Angst. Boom. <lacht> okay, so we need a little help. What did they say after they went, oh, no, no, oh, Tom Brady. And then one guy went, What? I want to know what they said in German about Tom Brady dropping a major, you know what, <laughs> a major clean your mouth out with soap moment on live television. And again, I want to know what they said right after that. Right in the, right in the. Oh! oh. oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> so help us out just a little bit. Um. You want to hear it again? Okay, Blind Squirrel Sports is on the YouTube. He want, he said, I need more of this. All right, let's do it one more time. <laughs> uh, okay, Sven says, they said, what has Brady just said there? He says, oh, you can't say that. Anything with 
<laughs> Mother, you can't say that. Line, the New Orleans Saints. Tampa am Drücker, angetäuschte Ballübergabe. Brady geht in die Endzone, hat da weit offen. O.J. Howard, sein tight end. Touchdown, Tampa. Was hat Tom Brady da gerade gesagt? Das darf man doch gar nicht sagen im Fernsehen. Irgendwas mit Mutterbeischläfern hat er. Und genau das sind eigentlich die Gründe, warum 70 Dezibel gefordert sind. Aber du hast es gerade gesagt, Björn. Guck dir das an, direkt geantwortet. Die hat auch keine Angst. I mean, I don't even know what they're saying. And I still find it hilarious. <laughs> I'm like you. What is it? it? It almost goes to show you that in some situations, what you say is not as important or more important than how you say it. <laughs> what? The guy went, what? <laughs> oh, man. I've had such a good time with that. Am I... Do y'all find it as funny as I do? What? Okay, and then somebody else translated at the end. He's not afraid. <laughs> well, no. Obviously not. All right. So there's that. We're going to come back and wrap up hour two in just a sec. And we'll get to those other texts as we uh, said that we would. I got something for you when we come back. All right. Sounds good. Is it another broadcast? <laughs> I'd be okay with it. I'm going to start looking for the German broadcast from now on. Y'all stick around. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Now to get back to our little talk. Right here on the Matt Wyatt Show. They're going negative, JB. I've already Who's going se- negative, man. I've already seen it. Some of these national people, they're going negative. As soon as the Chiefs put stuff out, I'm not talking about Ross now. Uh, Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated. He, you know, he retweeted the stuff about the Kansas City Chiefs, and he just says they're being transparent. I, I've seen some others though that I've got on this college football list who've already gone. Well, the Chiefs are being transparent about fans getting COVID. Uh, I thought I doubt- it was just one fan. He goes, it's one fan, yeah. But they're tweeting, oh, basically, I saw one guy go, I doubt very seriously colleges are going to be this transparent. You know, and all this. I mean, they're already going negative. So you know? my, my, my question is simply this. The Chiefs allowed 25,000 into the game. Is that not correct? Well, it, was it a – well – what was the percentage? Was it like 19? Maybe it was more like 19. But, I mean, okay. you know, you're in that well, ballpark. Well, still, yeah. one, one person that we know of after a week. Right. After one week. Man, that's just minuscule. It, it's it's unbelievable is what so it what is. So what we've got is, is the negative Nancys are, are like Chicken Little. They're planting a seed of doubt to, to want people to, let's, okay, fall in line. Oh, I guarantee you more people are going to test positive these college games, but they're not going to tell you. I mean, that's all it is, just – you know, and I, gosh, I, I've always tried to stay away from using these hot button terms, these big blanket terms, you know, like fake news and 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 all this. But it is fear mongering yeah. by definition of that. That's what that is. Is fear mongering. 
Oh, well, I bet. If you follow me on Twitter, I hope you see this. I bet the colleges aren't going to do, be this transparent. Well, maybe they will. Maybe they won't have the need to. I mean, I just don't understand why I go that route. But <clears throat> to each his own. It's his Twitter account. He can do what he wants. Uh, yeah, I've been around a lot of preachers that are fear mongers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can do that, too. Yeah. You can do that all you want. It's really a choice, isn't it? It is. Um, and just about anything. Okay, you said you had something for me. We were talking about the I broadcast. did. It didn't work out, man. I'm oh, okay. Didn't work out. That's fine. Yeah. I had uh, trying to find that Rob Schneider clip where he's oh, yeah. call, calling a soccer game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i tell you another one I like is uh, Jason Bateman when he was one of the announcers in that dodgeball movie. <laughs> and then, you know, and two, okay, in the movie Semi-Pro, where Will Ferrell was a minor league basketball player, their radio crew was hilarious also doing some of that. And there's some really good stuff. That's one thing they nail in sports movies is humor. You know, like Harry Doyle in the Major League movies. Yeah. Dynamite dropping, money. <laughs> that broadcast school really paid off. Okay. Real Eric on the Country Pleasing text line, 885-3776. Hey, real quick, Sven, I know I sent you a message. I really appreciate you listening and watching our live stream on YouTube every day. And really do, that was really cool that you could translate the German call of that play for us. So uh, just wanted to, I know I typed it, I wanted to say it. Wanted to say thanks also. All right, Eric said... Do you like the loose jerseys? Would you like to play in the tight-fitting jerseys? I think I had a little bit of both. I had a little bit of both during my college career. where, And I actually made the choice to go from the tight-fitting sleeves to a loose sleeve. And they did it for me. I just liked it better, throwing a ball. I liked the loose we sleeve. To, and I, we used to cut underneath, right there underneath your arm, to make mm -hmm. it looser. Yeah. Then we'd end up buying the jersey. And they would go. School would get mad. They'd say, well, Matt, when you throw, you, I mean, that sort of makes your shoulder pad, it kind of flaps around. You don't, you don't mind? They're like, no, that's kind of what I'm used to. I don't want it tight. You know, so to each his own. I, you can. I'd like to go back to the tearaways. What was it somebody said? You know, Johnny Musso, the old running back yeah. back in the day for Alabama, they said he had 1,000 yards in his career rushing with no jersey on because they'd tear yeah. it away every time. And <laughs> that can you imagine a, a Bo Jackson playing in a tearaway jersey? You know, nobody'd ever tackle that guy. It seemed like yeah. he was always carrying people with uh, they'd hang onto his jersey. Ed said Ed said Remember that public television uh, show Ed said, the commercials mm -hmm. and one time he teamed up with Deuce McAllister and let's go walk in Mississippi. Ed said, in the SEC, is there a limitation on how many players you can dress out on a travel squad and how many you can dress out for the home team? Yeah, there is. And it differs for conference versus non-conference also, Ed. You can dress out a whole bunch more players for a home non-conference game. A home conference game, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, 60-something? And then there's a certain amount you travel with. Yeah, I don't know. But I know it difference. <laughs> I know there's a difference. Um, and they put something out there today. People are saying this, Ed, that this year with COVID, the SEC is going to put a number on everything that in order to go play your game, you have to be able to dress out 53 scholarship players. 
a minimum of one quarterback, like a minimum of eight offensive linemen, a minimum of, I don't know, five or six defensive linemen in order to be able to go forward and play your ball game. That's, that's what I'm told. Lots of text here. I got something I want to do, and, and we'll come back in hour three, and I'll pick it up with Jason and Denzel and Hogjowl and, and uh, Rebel Tiger Dog, which is kind of an interesting grouping of mascots for one day. <laughs> so we'll, we'll come back to all that. But right now, it's time for our head-to-head matchup preview of college football this weekend. Let's do it. The head-to-head matchup preview brought to you by Matt Anderson, a member of National Land Realty. He can help you buy or sell that piece of timberland or hunting land or recreational land, waterfront, anything. He's got the 360-degree interactive drone touring, so you can view the property without ever setting foot on it if you want to. Also, if you're selling property, Matt will help you with that. He'll get you those comprehensive internet traffic reports. See how many people are clicking and looking and where they're coming from to view your property. He's the guy to go with. You want a land broker, that's him. Matt Anderson, 601-408-5155-408-5155. All right, our Winsipedia.com head-to-head matchup preview today is Syracuse versus Pittsburgh. They're going to play each other this weekend. And they have played a bunch in their history. Go look it up yourself. It's an excellent website, winsopedia.com. We talked about it yesterday. Wins, the letter I, and then pedia, winsopedia.com. You can look up any team in the country. You can compare any two teams in the entire country and get a series history, matchup history, longest win streaks, largest margin of victory for each team, who won which game, individual matchups, all that stuff. It's a really, really cool resource. Uh, So check it out, winsopedia.com. So Pitt and Syracuse. Excuse me. Uh, Last year, Pitt won the game 27-20 at Syracuse. They're going to be at Pitt this weekend. How about this? All-time series. Pitt leads the all-time series, 40 wins to 31 wins and three ties in that uh, series as well. So it's pretty pretty close. Now, I mean, you're talking about one they've played 74 times, and it's three ties and 40 to 31. It's been really competitive. But what I find interesting, even though it's split down the middle, sort of, you know, Pitt has an edge, but it's pretty close. I mean, a difference of nine wins all time, and they've played 74 times. Even though it's sort of split down the middle, it absolutely has been a series of streaks between these two teams, and you can see that. When you go to winsopedia.com, you can see the bar right there, uh, the chronological timeline of of games and and matchup. And so it's color-coded. And so I can see every game in the series – uh, that Syracuse has won because it's orange. And I can see everyone that Pittsburgh has won because it's yellow. Well, it's a, it's a series of streaks. Now, you had in the 60s a period of 64, 65, 66, 67, 68, um, 70, where they won, you know, six or seven out of seven or eight wins there for Syracuse on a, on a long run. Well, right after that, then in the early 70s, Pittsburgh went on a 
10, 11 game win streak in the series. 73, 74, 75, 76, 77, 78, 79, 80, 81, 82, 83. 10, 11 game win streak. Well, then here comes Syracuse back with about a five year win streak. Syracuse at one point in the 90s won four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 in a row. Then Pittsburgh, after Syracuse went on, won 12 in a row up until 2001, Pittsburgh then won nine of the next 10 matchups. It has really been a series of runs, even though it's split down the middle. Y'all go check it out. That's one of the ones they have on the front page, winsipedia.com. Largest margin of victory for Pittsburgh was 38 to nothing in 75. For Syracuse, they won in this matchup 55 to 7 back in 96. Both teams, their longest win streak in this, both teams at 11. Syracuse won 11 in a row in the series from 91 to 01. Pitt won 11 in the series from 73 to 83. That's a head-to-head matchup preview. You're looking ahead to one of the games this weekend in the ACC, Pitt hosting Syracuse. Presented by Matt Anderson with National Land Realty. Look it up at winsopedia.com. Hour three coming up. Stick around. 